Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. I'm here with Greg Elfring, Altimaker's newly named president of Altimaker Americas. We're going to discuss developments in additive manufacturing, particularly those in software subscription services. Altimaker initially developed desktop 3D printers, but the company has expanded into connected 3D printers, then moved into larger systems, as well as a network of 3D printing, including services. So thank you for joining me today, Greg. Thank you, Leslie. Very nice to speak with you. So what do you see as far as where is additive manufacturing and 3D printing technology headed in the next year or two? Well, uh, the big promotion within Ultimaker right now is what we're referring to as distributed printing. And what's driving this is more and more companies are investing in engineering of specific parts of their business. They've accumulated a library of CAD data, mechanical information required to make parts. And the reality of turning that data into something that can be 3D printed and 3D printed on site is becoming more in demand and even accelerated by the challenges right now with, with um, supply chain disruption. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're excited about, you know, kind of some of the changes in the next year to a year and a half. We think we're ideally positioned just because of the price point of our product and, and the easy use, but also just kind of the way the market's going. You know, people want to be able to make critical components near where they use them. I'm seeing several companies offering something along those lines or, or a similar kind of a thing. Is this the latest trend that the added industry is going to be going towards? Well, we think it's, the, it's not only the trend of additive, additives responding to it. It's, okay. it's the trend of a larger industrialization effort to, to compete to manage uptime. You know, if you talk to customers like a Heineken or, or one of the large beverage producers, they measure uh, plant uptime, 99.9, you know, and so they're looking for those areas that are causing excessive downtime and then they break down what is behind that, you know, and in many cases, it's a supply chain problem. It's someone taking the time to engineer a fix to something, and then a purchasing agent making sure that components on the shelf. And at the end of the day, these are perfect items to be 3D printed in the tool room of any one of these beverage producers. Okay. So now, do you see other than the uptime issues, do you see other barriers to maybe any adoption of this trend that we're seeing? And how will the industry be addressing that? So a big barrier to adoption, and and we know this from uh, voice of the customer and and customer survey data that that Ultimaker has been involved in. We also know it from from just listening to our customers, you know, just fundamentally uh, sitting across the table from them and hearing them express what's required. And, And really, they're looking for either the technology to be so easy that any person with a very um, set level of education can adopt this technology and, and or they want a path where that employee can have some amount of professional training. 
And, and Ulta Maker's attacking this problem right now in two ways. You know, we're trying to make the product very easy to use. You know, it's, it's engineered to be out of the box making parts in 20 minutes. Um, our engineers watch a customer go through that process. So it's, it's designed to be very easy to use and it's well built. We, we put some extra cost into making this device well built. And the combination of those two as a 3D printer, you know, many of our customers say this is a very easy to use device. You know, it's and because it does exactly what they expect when they push certain buttons. The next step to that is, if you're a person who is trying to drive this technology into these plants, into these beverage plants, there is pressure on companies like Ultimaker to supply training where this, this adoption will be successful. Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean by that is we, we've introduced a program called Ultimaker Academy. It's actually part of our essentials product. And there are about six modules that take a, 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 a very, new user to 3D printing, someone who has never run a 3D printer before, and it takes them through the three or four critical courses. So within four or five hours, a few people in that industry have been able to go through that online curriculum and become good users of that technology. They are comfortable you know, putting material into it. They are comfortable adding the CAD files to it. They are comfortable you know, um, harvesting parts from the build plate. You know, they are, they are users of the technology with that kind of training tool. And so that, that we see as a real critical barrier to adoption. Companies don't want to spend capital money, put it out into their plants, and have it sit there. No one wants that black eye. They need that device to, to be a winner. And the best way to do that is to, to put it in the field, but include it with a lot of training and support. Yeah, I've heard for years that 3D printing has to be push button simple in order for it to be much more accepted than it is. Are there other barriers besides making it more simple? Well, the, you know, the technology has really improved uh, in, in many aspects. Uh, so the, the, the push button simplicity has come a long way. Uh, and I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example. Uh, when filament, fabrication, you know, fused filament fabrication, our core technology for Ultimaker was invented. You know, the predominant material at the time was ABS. Mm -hmm. And that's not the most friendly material to 3D print. Um, so the success ratio was, was, um, was what everyone experienced. A few years later, a material came out called PLA and tough PLA, not as good as ABS, but it greatly simplified the ability to 3D print. It really made it so that a kid six years old could push the button and it ran that reliably. You know, a, a teacher in a, in, a, in a classroom could put this in the hands of young students and get a very cause and effect, you know, kind of STEM education or curriculum where, um, you know, and, and, and that material was a big part of that. It just is, is a major improvement in the technology. And I think we're going to continue to see more and more of that. That's an interesting trade-off I hadn't heard before. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, the, the improvement of this technology is happening in a lot of areas. It's, it's happening in, you know, how easy it is to draw things in CAD. It's happening in third-party material companies making their products available. 
Um, mm -hmm. you know, put actually having them available on, on store shelves and, and available for people to buy and an ability to run them in a professional way. All, all these, you know, training, um, you know, what we mentioned, you know, one, one big tool that, that Ultimaker provides in this ecosystem is we offer Cura as a no charge item, which Cura is an entry level slicing program that many, many kids in our school system that are getting introduced to 3D printing, their teacher will have them download Cura for free and it allows them to set up builds, choose materials, run build time estimates, see what, you know, where there's risk in, in 3D printing, understand the process, and that's available to them at no charge. You know, that's a, that's a huge kind of conduit to make kids aware, and, and it's, it's kind of part of a grade school education at this point. It's, it's a, that's a big advancement over maybe where you and I came from in our education. Okay, now let's shift a little bit over into the software area of additive manufacturing. And I believe I saw recently that you're offering uh, some software that's on a subscription service, and I know others are doing the same thing. What benefits does this offer the design engineer? So for, for many years, for the last 10 years, Ultimaker has promoted a a product called Cura. I just mentioned it, and it's essentially available at no charge. You can download it off our off the Ultimaker.com website. But that's freeware. It is um, there's a limit to how much Ultimaker is going to be able to supply. Uh, for example, IT security testing facts, um, whether or not the product's been white hat tested, whether or not it's capable of of a, of a uh, an automated IT rollout. Um, so what Ultimaker did was, you know, we had we had the voice of the customer saying, hey, you need to offer us a professional IT product. We love the fact that your product's free. That's great. Got a lot of our employees have it, but we have rules with our IT department and the product has to be verified. We need that certificate saying it's been tested. And, and if a customer wants that level of documentation and what we call enterprise security, we have a tested, validated version. We keep it current. We spend a lot more money doing that, and it's called Ultimaker Essentials. Um, it's a subscription product. We, we uh, enable our customers to pay for it on an annual basis. So if they choose not to renew it, there's no substantial out-of-pocket cost. We're currently running a trial period, so customers can try it. And it's got a number of other value-added benefits. If you want on, for example, a print farm, Ultimaker Essentials is a great tool where one computer can take hundreds of requests for parts, delegate them to hundreds of machines, and track and trace all of that through a, a production technology that's digital factory. And, and that's a paid type of, of software product. That's part of this Ultimaker Essentials. So it's the same product, but it's, it's just an example of one more kind of value-add feature that's built into it. It's much more than just a slicing program that we're giving away for free. It's a, it's a true professional, um, IT validated, and, and also production-enabled technology. So the subscription indicates that the software has been validated. Does it also ensure that the software is updated should you, your company make changes to it as needed? 
Correct. So um, one other additional part of it is you, you are guaranteed the revisions and, and software releases. You also have a very high level of, of technical support. So you have the ability to expect something like a 24-7 level of technical support. Um, so if you're an IT person, you're trying to roll out 30 or 40 of these, of these printers, you're going to um, have some questions. Mm -hmm. And if that's interrupting your installation of these products, you want help right away. Your company paid, you know, $650 for the enterprise version. We have someone on the other end of that phone helping them. How large of a print farm can this software handle? You know, theoretically, it's unlimited. Um, the way this technology operates is these, are, uh, these devices are IP addresses on a network. Since Cura Enterprise is a cloud-based technology, these are um, printers that are on, on a wide area network. Um, so they don't have to all be within the four walls of the building. You could have a, an engineer at a military base emailing a file to someone on a Navy destroyer printing a replacement part. That sailor on the Navy destroyer does not know anything about machining or making that part. He just knows the engineer is going to email him the file. He puts it into the printer and presses play. Now, does this software track performance parameters from any of the printers or maybe all of them? And, and is that information also something that you gather and use for future improvements and developments? Yeah, it does have an analytics package and, and that tracks everything from machine utilization. Uh, so you'll get stats on which machine is, you know, maximum utilized or percent utilized. Uh, you also can, from that, make decisions on material delegation. Now, we recently introduced a, a product called a material station that, that kind of greatly improves the customer's selection of materials. It gives them up to six choices. So part of what this software also does is it gives them the ability to kind of see all those materials and know they can take advantage of them. All righty. So this is something that we're definitely seeing, uh, at least from the media perspective, is these subscription services. So it sounds like, in addition to performance and better uptime, what other benefits will it offer a manufacturer in use? Well, if you're, if you're a large company and you want consistency across the board, mm. the one benefit of a subscription-based service is you know, these, these customers will have username and password, so they, they can share parameters and profiles. So if the IT department has a specific requirement on how they want the printer set up, the minute that printer gets put on the network, it is automatically flashing that setup instruction to the printer. It prevents you know, that printer from being a rogue device uh, that IT hasn't blessed. So, you know, that's the, that's the benefit of a, of a subscription service in some ways is that level of interaction with the customer to keep the device that user-friendly and that deployable, um, it's just best done as a subscription service, you know, because um, otherwise, how do you, you have to ship around dongles and, and uh, ways of putting deterrence or something in the software to try and keep customers honest with their usage. And, and we're, we're, we find that a subscription model, first of all, it doesn't capitalize, you know, it's, it's paid every year. You know, so it's not like the customer's paying an upfront amount of capital. So in that way, it's a customer-friendly, you know, it's a method of financing. But it also gives them an out. You know, if they decide after a year they don't like it, stop. 
you know, so, so it's also customer friendly in that way. So I, I just think that this is a competitive way to sell the product. Um, you know, it's what customers are asking for. It's what their IT, IT departments um, want. It's the, it's standard in the industry uh, for IT. So, you know, as 3D printing matures, we're trying to follow more of those business standards. And it does seem as though at the additive industry is maturing and maturing nicely. Yeah, no, it's, it's an exciting time. You know, I, I've been in this business now for over 15 years and it's made huge improvements. And, and I'm extremely proud of Ultimaker's product at a five, $6,000 price point. We can make amazing looking 3D printed parts. You know, that's, okay. that's just never been available to, you know, to our customers like it is today. You know, and that's just going to get better. It's, it's, it's not only from Ultimaker, from, from the industry. Well, I thank you for your time, Greg. Leslie, thank you very much again. I very much enjoyed talking with you today. 